Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians, and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 293. Today on the podcast, we're chatting to Melbourne songwriter Juice Webster. She recently released her stunning debut record, Julia, which is a look at themes of loss, anxiety, and grief. And honestly, it is one of my favorite releases of the year. It is a stunning record. Before we get to our chat with Juice Webster, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever app that you use, and ensure that you're following us across all of our socials. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Juice Webster. She's a singer and songwriter from Melbourne, Australia, who writes indie rock and folk songs that balance both introspection and darkness so beautifully. In the press, her work has previously been compared to artists like Snail Mail, Cat Power and Phoebe Bridges, and she's received support from publications like Triple J and Rolling Stone for her previous EPs, You Who Was Myself and More Than Reaction. Earlier this month, she released her stunning debut record, Julia. It's a record that combines her folk and indie sonics with songs about compassion, grief and change. It is gorgeous and it's one I personally think you'll see on a lot of people's best of year-end lists. In today's episode, we talk to Juice Webster about this beautiful record and the songwriting behind it. We discuss her work with indie electronic Joe Hem and how it differs from her solo project. And we also talk to her about her live show and potentially taking it around the country. Julia is out right now and we've left links to her band camp within the show notes so that you can buy the record. We also want to say a massive thank you to Liz from Super Duper for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Juice Webster. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Juice Webster. Juice, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really happy to be here. <laughs> I am very, very happy that you're here as well. I know that um, it's been a big year for you. There's been some singles coming out and at the moment there is a brand new full-length debut record out at the moment. It's called Julia. It is a gorgeous record. Firstly, congratulations on this record. Thank you so much. It feels really nice to finally have it out. <laughs> Of course. How are you feeling with these? I imagine that, um, uh, and I could be very wrong, please correct me if I am, uh, that some of these songs have been sitting with you for a while. How are you feeling now that they're kind of going out into the the public ether, if you will? Definitely. Yeah. Some of them were written, you know, 
years, maybe two or three years ago, I think, um, during lockdown and things like that. Um, it feels so nice. I think there's always like a, a funny feeling. You, you hold on to songs for so long before anyone hears them and, you know, you hear them in all sorts of different iterations and um, it kind of feels like you're holding on to a bit of a secret. Um, and then it can, yeah, it can be a... a a funny emotional experience, I think, releasing music because it's like, yeah, you're letting go of this thing that you care so deeply about and um, it can be a bit daunting to see how how people react. But um, it's been really nice as well. It's really nice to share um, what I've been working on and, and where my head's been at <laughs> for the past little week as well. <laughs> I love that. It is a, um, look, I, I, I understand how it might come across when um, an interviewer is over um what's the word not cloying but can be too appreciative of the guest i have to say when um your very kind publicist liz i sent through this record i did fall in love with this record i think that anyone who um listens to this podcast know that we do love a good singer songwriter style record and um i think this is going to um once the vinyl does come out it'll be joining the ranks of what's behind me so um yeah just this record it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. That's so, so lovely. I was just like looking at what's behind you. That's, um, that's such an honour. Thank you. That's, that's really, really sweet. I'm, I'm glad. No, I, I was just curious, I guess, to begin with, the, the debut record, you have been recording, I think, under your name since 2019. We've had one or two EPs. Did you know that this was going to be the the debut record, if you will, when you started writing these songs or was it just that, as you kind of came along, you're like, this is enough for a full length. I definitely didn't um, set out to, I guess, write a record in that way. I knew that I wanted to put out a full length record. That was a real um, goal of mine. Um, but I didn't, I guess in the yeah traditional sense, I didn't sort of sit down and say, I'm going to write, you know, 10 songs for this, you know, this piece of um, this body of work. Um, I think just the way that I write in general, as well. Like I'm, I'm, I write fairly consistently, but I'm definitely not someone who, you know, has like the, the set amount of time a day or a week of, of, you know, um, disciplined kind of writing time. (laughs) I'm someone, I kind of always have a guitar lying around and I'll do bits here and there. And sometimes if I'm, I'm feeling particularly creative or inspired, it feels like things come a bit easier. And sometimes it's like pulling teeth. So I think, um, in that way, it definitely kind of came together, you know, bit by bit. And I, I had kind of, you know, other songs that I've written that I don't think I'll ever put out that, you know, were written kind of during that process that I, that just didn't, didn't feel quite right or, um, weren't up to scratch. Um, but I, I do feel like, um, with these kind of 10 songs, there definitely was a feeling that they sort of belonged together and, and made sense to be on the one record for sure. 100%. I um, wanted to kind of discuss, I think, the, I guess, some of the songwriting on, on the record. I know that a lot of it does seem to be from your own perspective. Um, and there was one song that I kind of kept coming back to. And if, if it's all right to talk about, I would love to hear, I guess, the inspiration or the, the um, what inspired the song. Um, it was Waking Dream, which is about, I think, three or four, maybe the fifth track on the record uh, in the first half. But it just, I found myself kind of rewinding back to that song um, 
Uh, yeah, are you able to share with us the the creation of, of that track and where it kind of came from? Totally. Um, that one. That one's like it's a funny one because it. I still I still feel a little bit confused by it almost. Um, <laughs> just more in. I think I'm definitely singing to different people and I'm singing from different perspectives kind of throughout that song and I really like liked the idea when I was writing that of just changing perspectives and not feeling like I needed to necessarily um, justify that or give an ex, you know an explanation to myself really of kind of why why I was doing that um, I think a lot of the record is kind of about you know in a very very broad um, existential sense it's sort of you know about uh, you know the passing of time and and the the changes that you know inevitably come with that and um, the way that I sometimes feel quite overwhelmed by that I'm just someone who um, I find it I think quite difficult to just stay in the present and I I've, I feel a lot of grief about um, over like the passing of time and things like that so in the past, you know, few years of my life, um, my, a couple of my siblings have had babies and, you know, and that's an amazing, such a beautiful, amazing, um, thing to experience. Um, but it definitely is a real, <laughs> like, um, what's the word? It's just a very, um, big kind of, I guess, reminder, um, of the passing of time and it kind of just really hits you in the face and, and just that how your relationships change, your relationships within your family change over, over time. And as, as new things come and as we develop and, and, you know, people go through different stages of their lives. So I think waking dream is kind of a bit about that in one sense. And it's also sort of a little bit about thinking back to, um, you know, m- my mum, like her experiences before I came along and, um, you know, maybe what I, how I, how I would have responded to her had I been her friend or, or something like that. It's, it's a very <laughs> convoluted <laughs> explanation. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of about, uh, you know, a few different things that one um that I'm obviously still trying to make sense of myself. <laughs> well, firstly, thank you for sharing that with us. But like, I also do love that it is um I feel like it is uh I've been trying to think of the word since you said it um almost like a a bookmark to a certain time frame or something if you will in terms of just taking stock and then going oh that's cool that's where we're at we're not I think it's always easy to get stuck in some of your favorite time periods and then you write from that perspective and then you do have those moments where you're like oh no I'm not 20 whatever mm-hmm. anymore so um no really? thank you for sharing that no that's okay I think it's also just yeah just like you know that that feeling of just like whoa like time can just pass so quickly and it can be so disorientating and I think that concept of it being kind of like a waking dream like just feeling like like you know it, it's all happening but sometimes it is just so hard to process the enormity of some of those things um yeah it is, yeah, a brilliant track. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, please, on, uh, along with the rest of the album, but also <laughs> Waking Dream, um, please give it a good listen. I'm very curious as well because I know that I think your start within the music industry was with Hem, which was a, more of an electronic um, project, I think an electronic duo. How do you get from the sonics of Hem <laughs> 
to, I know you've um, previously been compared to artists like, I think there was Snail Mail, there was um, Phoebe Bridges, listening to this record, there were little elements of Big Thief. Um, How do you, I guess, yeah, what was the process like of going from the music of Hem to your solo music and was it always something that you'd always been interested in, in those kind of sonics and that kind of realm? Yeah, it's interesting. So um, I kind of, in my, like, private life, you know, the, the folk music kind of came first and, and was always there. Um, I met Bobby, who's the other half of him. We met at uni and we are both studying music, actually. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And I was really interested or I just I felt like um, I loved writing folk songs and I felt really um, confident in in that I could kind of write those songs and come up with those songs on on my own and you know I really enjoyed that process it was a very you know personal kind of cathartic thing for me Um, and then I I wanted to delve a bit more into the world of kind of electronic production or at least like get my head around it and learn more about it because I really didn't know anything about like software or, or any hardware or, you know, things like that. And, um, I met Bobby and, you know, we became really good friends and he's such a master with, um, a lot of that kind of electronic production and just that way of making music. He's really, really creative musician. Um, and I just asked him if I could just (laughs) come over and watch him work, like just sit behind him. Um, this was years and years ago now. Um, uh, so I did that and, I just had like a sketch of something that I was like, we can, you know, if you want, if you want something to kind of work with, you can work with this. Um, and we really liked what he made. And I think him for us was definitely an opportunity. Um, it felt, I think at the time it felt quite experimental and a bit, um, you know, genre, you know, breaking or I don't know what the term is, but, um, you know, we, we really felt like it kind of, created a space for us both to make music that we wouldn't really make either on our own or with other people. Um, so in that way, I think it, it was like a really fun, just creative space for us um, at a time when, you know, we were still very much finding our, our voice as individual musicians, but also as our own band and, and yeah. 100%. Do you think that there's, we won't harp on this for too long, do you think that there's ever a, a, a return to him, a revisiting, or is that I mean, where it sits got, now? We've got a bunch of demos that I think are really, really cool. Um, we we really like got the 
the wind knocked out of our sails um, by COVID. Like we we kind of lost a lot of momentum and um, Bobby had gone away and it was just hard. Um, it, I mean, it was obviously hard for anyone to get together around, around that, you know, during that time. Uh, so I sort of very much retreated into my solo stuff because it was, again, something I could just do on my own for the most part, apart from recording it all. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, we've got, we've got a bunch of demos that I think are really cool. I think we're both keen to release them. It's just a matter of, um, we just need to, you know, get back into it. And, you know, one of us needs to just light up, light a fire under the other one a little bit and <laughs> get it done. <laughs> well, look, if and whenever we do see uh, those tracks, very excited for when that does happen. Um, <laughs> I would love to know, I guess, going back to what you were saying before in, in high school and in uni, when you were kind of always doing that, the more folk singer songwritery writing, mm-hmm. um, what was your introduction to songwriting? When did you kind of start to trial lyric writing and writing songs? And I guess, how did you find the fact that you enjoyed it and, and, and I guess had a talent for it? I think um, I was really lucky in that the way, you know, both my parents and my siblings as well played a lot of music growing up. I'm the youngest of four kids, so I kind of had not only my parents playing music that I still am obsessed with now, but, um, you know, they, I feel like my parents introduced me to a lot of, you know, the classics, you know, kind of like Jeff Buckley and Fiona Apple and Nick Cave and... Um, but then also like Dusty Springfield and Etta James and um, Wilco and, th- you know, that kind of realm, I guess. You, know, just you had very it cool off. parents by the sound of it, yeah. <laughs> like, in hindsight, you kind of realise like, damn, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> really sick artists, um, you, you know, obviously don't have that perspective when you're when you're young. But then I also had, you know, my, my brother putting on like Radiohead and Beach House and stuff like that when I was like, you know, just a little bit older. So I feel like um, I was really fortunate in that I grew up with, yeah, amazing music around me, but also my parents were very, um, they really like paid attention to the music as well. Like my mum would point out a lyric that she should be like, oh, don't you just love that lyric or, you know, listen to this thing on, you know. Um, and my dad is such a music head, like it's his biggest passion in the world. So, again, kind of I feel like having that um, my attention drawn to specific details in, in music um, has definitely had a really big impact on me and a big impact on my appreciation for it, I think, as a as a craft and a, and a form of expression. Um so, yeah, and then I always say kind of learn instruments from a young age. So I, I started violin when I was like, you know, eight or something. And and then I played the saxophone for a bit and um, and then started the, I think I started the guitar a bit later um, and I loved that because I wanted something that I could accompany myself um, with. And from then I, yeah, so I probably started writing songs when I was like 14, 15, um, they were terrible. Um, I feel, I actually feel like I didn't get to a point where I, I didn't feel like I was writing anything like half decent until, you know, the first EP I put out. And even then I link back, you know, think back now and I'm a bit like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, of course I'm like proud of it. And it's you know, a moment in time and stuff, but I'm definitely not someone who was like 
writing ever since you know they were really little and and that kind of thing it was um yeah I'd say yeah from when I was like 15 is when I started toying with it um and then the older I've gotten I've just I've just kind of fallen more in love with it as time has gone on um as I've felt more comfortable in my own I guess kind of style or or um creative voice um and using it as a as a form of expression and just kind of settling into it a bit more um yeah I love that uh with the household being obviously very um in touch and in love with music what do your parents make of um your music now what did what was uh did I'm hoping that they gave Julia a five-star rating (laughs) I think (laughs) I mean mum definitely would give it a five-star rating Mm -hmm. um (laughs) I think I hope maybe not maybe to my face but um and then dad I think dad dad dad's (laughs) dad's funny with my music he like he's so so supportive and it's so lovely but he just, he'll give me like a full, like I'll send him a song and I get a text back that's like this long, <laughs> all of his thoughts and he's very um, involved, which is very sweet. He really cares. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I mean, he, he loves the record for sure, but I, huh. I think he'd be a tough critic. I think it would be hard to get a five from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least, you know, there's no favouritism, I guess, is the, yeah, the yeah, silver yeah. lining there, yeah. <laughs> Um, are they musically inclined at all or is it just coming from a love of of the art of music? Um, I think it comes more from a love. Dad does play the guitar, um, mm-hmm. but he's, he, you know, he wouldn't call himself a guitarist. Um, he kind of, you know, he started lessons a bit later in life, I think, after, you know, following just on from his, his love of it. Um, and mum doesn't play any music, so it's more of a passion thing. Um, one of my older brother's, is really quite musical. He, he hasn't pursued it, but he played a lot of instruments throughout high school and um, he was definitely, you know, a really big support um, of me with my music. I mean, all of my, my family are. Um, but, yeah, I have funny memories of <laughs> mum. Mum would make me practice my instruments in the kitchen. Well, not make me, mm-hmm. but she would encourage me to practice them in the kitchen as she was cooking dinner or something so that, you know, hold me accountable and <laughs> my brother would... <laughs> come in and <laughs> give me feedback and notes as well. So it's <laughs> pretty funny. It sounds, it's all coming from a very supportive place. So I love that. Oh, and I am, um, I do look forward to a, if um, uh, I'm going to call him Mr. Webster, cause I'm not aware of his name, but I, I, he might make an appearance on the, the second record as a guitarist or something. So oh, see, that's a great idea. Yeah. He'd if, love it next record please come back we'll get him on with you and we'll uh, we'll have a chat <laughs> i'm very excited to to i guess know i think this year you've um supported the likes of elliot i think there were some shows with jade imagine in terms of um this project and taking it into the live space how are you with playing live do you enjoy the aspect of taking these songs into like a, a to an audience yeah, definitely. I think particularly with um, this new record, I think the live show feels like a really big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these songs, like, you know, the the vibe or the kind of ultimate, the, the way they've ended up was in large part, I think, in, in response to playing them live before I recorded them um, with my band because really fortunate um to have you know 
like just an immensely talented band um, and they're all, you know, incredibly creative players and um, I feel like just gave a lot a lot to the recording um, and, yeah, so I, I think in that way like the, the live space feels really important to the record um, and feels like just a really big, big part of how it came about and um, where it's ended up. The Your live band recorded with you for the album, didn't they? Yeah, so we live tracked pretty much all of it, um, except you know some of the quieter, more stripped back songs. But I think mo- I think we live tracked seven of seven of the songs, um, which was really fun. So we all played them together, and I feel like it just made a lot of sense for that record. But it also, I'm so happy with how it sounds. I think you can really hear that. I think you can hear like that real people, you know, us feeding off each other and having fun with it and there's I think to me at least there's like a, a playful nature in in some of the the tracks that I think we probably couldn't have achieved if we hadn't recorded it in the way that we did. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think yeah. that there's um, sometimes with songs when they can be um, tracked separately or not live tracked, as you said, that they don't have a similar um, chemistry to them. They're the same notes being played over the other kind of parts but it just doesn't have that almost interaction, like you said. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's easy to feel like or easy to think that um, only the vocal, you know, can like only the performance can like only affect the vocal or, or whatever. Mm. Um, but it really, I think, I mean, yeah, I just think that the the band like the um, that played on it, like they're just such expressive players and, um yeah, I just think you can hear that and it really, really shines through in a way that um, I am just so, like, blown away by all of their playing on the record. Like, <laughs> I just think that, yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of people excited to see this record come out and to see it live. Um, I have to ask, can we expect to see some shows in support of the record um, and possibly around the country as well? Yes, um, there's a Melbourne one. They'll be on the 22nd of September at the Evelyn. Um, and then I don't have a set date at this point in time for Sydney, um, but looking at November in Sydney because I'm going overseas in between then, I'm actually going to play a solo show in Paris. Awesome. <laughs> um, and hoping to also play a solo show in London, but that's not locked in yet either. <laughs> so a few things... Um, um, in the works at the moment. Um, as for the rest of the country, I'm, I would love, 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 love to play everywhere. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting them, getting them booked. (laughs) (laughs) Of of course. I can very much appreciate that. We're, um, we're based in Adelaide. And so sometimes it is difficult for artists to, um, get booked or find their way down here. But when that does happen, very excited to see you here. Um, and when this episode does come out, we'll make sure that we have all the dates, whether they be Melbourne, Sydney, London or Paris, that they're Thanks. in the show notes, people can find them. Thanks, um, of course, Juice, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that's um, on high rotation for yourself? Ooh, um, definitely. I've been rinsing the new Big Thief single. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. Vampire Empire, it's so good. I, I loved that live video that came out. It came out a little while ago and then um, – and I also, I, I, when I saw them play live in Melbourne at the end of last year, and I think they played that song live. Mm. 
at their show. And now I'm like, <laughs> maybe they didn't. Maybe I've just anyway. That show is incredible. So they're a, they're a big favorite of mine. Um, can't get enough of them. Mm-hmm. And what else have I been listening to a lot of? I mean, I've recently come back to you know, it's a it's a, a big favorite of mine is um, Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of I go through phases where I you know just listen to that nonstop, and I'm in a bit of one of those phases right now. So yeah, what else? That um, it's another old record. What's it called? Goon by Tobias Gesso Jr. I've been listening to a lot oh, of it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Record, <laughs> someone put a song on the other day. And I like heard it and I was like, oh, I just haven't listened to that in ages. So I've been listening to that quite a lot again as well. Yeah, that's probably. Oh, very solid choices. Absolutely <laughs> love all of those. Cheers. <laughs> um, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I do appreciate it. Congratulations on Julia. It is the brand new record from yourself. It's out now. There'll be links in the show notes where people can buy the record and see your shows. But um, yeah, once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.